When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Pardon the interruption, but I'm Mike Wilbon. Tony, my Northwestern Wildcats beat your Binghamton Bearcats last night. How'd that taste? Tony Kornheiser, we each won a half, so I looked at it as a tie. Speaking of ties, in your honor, because you did win, I wore my Northwestern purple tie just for you. Thank you for wearing the purple. That's very kind of you. We did not cover. More importantly, Tony, let me be honest. We covered. I thought you guys were more impressive. We only got the lead with eight minutes left in the game playing at home, a 19-and-a-half point favorite. Binghamton, disciplined, well-coached. I mean, we're, 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 the, we're the better team. We're going to be a Big Ten team. We're supposed to win that game. Very impressed with Binghamton. Thank you. Very. The entire community of Binghamton Very. thanks you. Welcome to PTI, boys and girls. In today's episode, the Chargers beat the Jets. Top-ranked LSU goes down in its opener. And Jeff Saturday joins us for five good minutes. But we begin today with penalties looming over Michigan football for its alleged sign-stealing plot. It's being reported the NCAA has given the findings of its investigation to the Big Ten, and the Big Ten is awaiting Michigan's response. The Big Ten is reportedly considering a suspension of Jim Harbaugh, and Michigan is reportedly ready to take legal action if that happens. Michigan also reportedly now claims other Big Ten schools were stealing Michigan's signals and disseminating them throughout the conference. Wilbon, this is your conference. Where do you want to start? Tony, I don't know where to start. I spent, it seemed like an hour or so last night, just just reading about these various dynamics in this one story, including the story that talked about, you know, Michigan's signals being decoded. And what what is that supposed to mean? What am I supposed to make of that? Um, Tony, I don't believe that the conference has the stones, if you will, to do anything that will take Michigan out of play, potentially from playing in the playoff and therefore playing for a national championship. I don't believe the conference I went to school in has the guts to do that. People may want to do it, okay, or they may recommend a suspension and the league may try to apply one and Michigan will do whatever its lawyers tell it it needs to do to avoid that. Michigan will suffer no penalties between now and January, whatever that game is. I just don't see that happening. All right. I'm not going to sit here and defend Michigan if it turns out that they deliberately and surreptitiously attempted to get these signals by violating the rule of not having advanced scouting. And I'm not going to sit here and defend Jim Harbaugh in this case Although I think a school like Michigan, if this happened, that they are smart enough to make sure that Harbaugh has plausible deniability, that it wouldn't reach his level, it would stop at the assistance level. My sense of this is that the rule was violated, violated many times. We both think it's a stupid rule, you know, because everybody scouts. In the pros, you scout all the time. So we think it's a dumb rule, but it, it is the rule. So if the NCAA wants to come in and give a sanction 
because it holds a head coach responsible, but the Big Ten does in not. its bylaws does not, does not explicitly hold right. a head coach responsible, then I can see Michigan getting its legal team out and saying this is ridiculous. And like you, I think we're in for the long haul. I think Michigan, you know, to its great advantage, conveniently will get the chance to play Penn State, play Ohio State, and, and win its way into the playoffs and maybe the national championship before it gets adjudicated. And then Harbaugh can go coach the Bears, which I know will make you happy. Be a win-win for certain people, wouldn't it? For Jim Harbaugh, if we can win a national championship, they'll get millions of dollars to coach where he played. I, I, Tony, maybe, maybe I'm not being tough enough, critical enough um, about this whole episode, but I just believe the rule is bogus. Yes, I believe that Michigan, whoever it is that went out to scout, broke the rule. I don't have any doubt about that. There are a whole lot of rules that get broken. I don't believe in this rule. I don't believe the Big Ten is going to do anything about it. And I don't believe the NCAA is going to do anything that matters before the national championship playoff. I don't believe that. Let's move to the National Football League and the Chargers rolling over your Jets. L.A. took the lead early, never looked back, while the Jets' offense was totally inept, losing three fumbles, allowing eight sacks, and going just three for 13 on third-down conversion attempts. Tom, what does last night's result tell you about both the Chargers and the Jets? First of all, I actually think it was three for 17. It's worse than you think, that over the course of the entire season with the Jets, their percentage of third-down conversions is 22%, which I'm told is the worst Dreadful. mark in the NFL in the last 45 years. Look, here's what it tells you about the Jets. They're not a playoff team. I don't care how good their defense is. They have no offense. They get 16 points a game. They've got a quarterback who is not proficient enough on the NFL level to lead them to anything. Zach Wilson, we've seen this not for six games. We've seen this for a couple of years now. Um, they scored six points last night, two field goals. Mike, they have eight offensive touchdowns in eight games. Okay, they're, they're, they're just not good. So if you say to yourself, do they miss Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, they miss Aaron Rodgers. What I saw with the Chargers is nothing much. They've beaten the Bears and they've beaten the Jets the last two weeks. They're 4-4. Four and four. Their playoff team, maybe. Are they a winning playoff team? No, because when you look at them, you, you don't see it. No, Tony, I, I completely agree down the line with you there. I, I wanted to see something in the Chargers that makes me say, okay, the Chargers are ready to challenge... No, they're not. I mean, beating the Bears and Jets. And maybe they'll get there. There's still half a season left. They have time to get That's there. That's right. The Jets, That's right. wow, Tony. I kept thinking, okay, they got the ball now. They've got field position. This is a, a, a chance for the Jets just to put together decent B-minus offense no. can get them back in this game, and they couldn't produce it. it. But here's the thing, Tony. Do I don't want to hear that Aaron Rodgers is going to ride to the rescue. I don't believe that. I believe that is about as much as I believe that the Big Ten is going to suspend Michigan and take them out of play for a national championship run. I don't believe that Rodgers is coming back and is going to be on the field as the Aaron Rodgers we have known for, for, for almost a couple of decades in the next few weeks. I'm not buying that. So I don't see the Jets as anything uh, special. And, man, if you're that defense, you got to feel you got to feel betrayed almost by that inept offense. I'll just tell you this. If Aaron Rodgers played, he'd get more than a touchdown a game, even if he wore a wow. boot. College basketball opened last night, and the thud you heard was not Binghamton. We covered. We led with 11 minutes to go. No, the thud you heard 
was from number four Michigan State losing Ooh. at home to unranked James Madison. And the thud you heard was the defending women's champs, number one LSU, losing at a neutral site to Colorado by 14 points, 92-78. Wilbon, which was the bigger surprise to you? Tony, when I looked at the LSU, I peeked in on the LSU game, and I, national champions and a popular national champion. And to be honest with you, I mean, the profile of women's basketball has been raised, and this, I, I think this is really cool. The men go one year, you don't know who the hell they are. But you know who's at LSU and UConn and Iowa. You do know the women and you do know the coaches because they stay. And you can think, okay, I'm going to watch this. And you can watch LSU and be surprised. But Mizzou is a legit team. They're ranked. Tom Izzo thought his Michigan State Spartans would struggle with James Madison. They did more than struggle. That was bigger news from the basketball front to me. But LSU... LSU gets a lot of run, and they got to sort of live with this until they get on track, which I'm betting they will. It's Colorado, not Missouri. Oh, did I say Mizzou? My bad. You know, Colorado. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's okay. Dion school. Look, the biggest surprise to me all night was finding out today that the only reason Tom Izzo scheduled James Madison was because his nephew, and let me get this name right, Matt Buckland, is an assistant on the JMU staff, his sister's child. So won't that be pleasant dinner table conversation on Thanksgiving <laughs> evening? Um, I'm, gonna, I'm inclined to give Michigan State a pass. They've done this before. Yeah. At home, first game ranked. Yeah. They lost to Hawaii some years back. And what we know about Michigan State is they schedule hard early most of the time, and they're very good by the end. There's too many Final Fours for Tom Izzo to worry about this because they improve. The LSU thing is a stunner, Mike. I know Colorado's ranked. It's I know they made the Sweet 16. Colorado's LSU won the whole thing, Mike, and they had every yeah. almost everybody back, including Angel Reese, their best player. Mike, they gave up 92. They didn't give they up did. 92 at all last year, yeah. not to Iowa, not to South Carolina. But you know, those like, super wow. teams, they got to work in all Whoa. the people from the transfer portal. It they didn't lose time. their first game until February. Yeah, that, that's the stunner to me. Let's New take year. a break. Coming up, Antonio Pierce won his first game as an interim coach. We will ask Jeff Saturday, who went through that, what's different about game two? We'll also ask him about the degree of difficulty of what Josh Dobbs pulled off on Sunday. Amazing. Ah, Tony, LSU, they were playing an equal, more or less. Pardon? The NFL schedule drops this week, and you can be there to catch all the action, live and in person, with Vivid Seats. Experience every touchdown, every tackle, and every eye-popping play of your favorite team. And to kick it off, Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN, is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code PTI. That's code PTI. Download the app or visit vividseats.com today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com. 
Let's get back into the NFL with our new best friend, ESPN NFL analyst Jeff Saturday. And Jeff, the Raiders won their first game under interim coach Antonio Pierce. So many players afterwards talked about what they called a new energy. You won your first game last year with Indianapolis as an interim coach. What is different about game two from game one? No, that's a great question. I mean, I think part of this is, you know, for the Raiders, I, I think the, it felt like to me that the players were ready for McDaniel, you know, to move on, right? I mean, from all the things that you've read. And so the, I think the excitement for those guys, I think, showed up. That was not the situation in Indy. You know, the, the players love Frank. Um, you, you know, Mr. Ursay had made a decision. He was going to move on from uh, from Frank. And so that was that decision. So I think it's a little bit different. But I would tell you this, like the energy and the buzz, like players understand when coaches get fired, players can get fired as well, right? So it kind of it kind of ignites everybody to get kind of, you know, get, get excited. Let's get this thing going. I will say this. We ran into a bit of a buzzsaw, right? We go to we go to the Raiders, we win in the Raiders. We come home and we play the Eagles at home. We actually have them. They drive the ball down and score at the very end of the game and, and, and you know, end up getting the victory. And it was an enormous win for those guys. And, and unfortunately for us, then we faced the Steelers who were hot. So it has a lot to do with your opponents. And I hate to say that, but that's the world we live in. And so get get them when you can. Uh, it, it met up perfectly with the Giants, uh, but they, they got a lot of work to do. And, and AP knows that. But congratulations. Congratulations to AP and those Raiders, man. They played lights out. They got after him from first whistle to last whistle. Uh, very, very impressive win. Well, Antonio Pierce was certainly one of the huge stories in the league this week, Jeff. But so was Josh Dobbs, who doesn't oh. even get to practice. He can't even know anybody's name. He goes out there and has this incredible game. Even to outsiders, this is amazing. But to somebody like you who, who is there, who has been there, what, how, difficult, how, how difficult is it to do what Dobbs did on Sunday? Unbelievable what this kid did. I, I'm just going to put it like, so I was watching the game. I, I, I'm a Falcons fan. I live in Atlanta. And so I'm, I'm watching the Falcons, and I see him getting warmed up on the sideline. And, you know, if you, if you, if you follow the game, he goes out, he gets, he gets a safety, you know, and the whole thing is just looking like, oh, this is going to be a debacle. You know, you feel bad for him. And then slowly but surely, you watch this kid play lights out and p making plays, rolling out of the pocket. The, the, as he's coming to the sideline, the coaches are literally explaining to them, hey, here's what this route is going to be, or this might be a little bit different. And you can see the exchange between the coaches and, and, and Josh Dobbs. Man, tip your cap to this guy. It could not be more difficult. Knowing the snap count, knowing protections, knowing route concepts. Like, everybody thinks it's just carte blanche. That is not the way the NFL works. Everybody has a name for whatever they do. They all want to be special. It is a very difficult thing that he worked the, to the proficiency that he did and the excitement. You saw it at the end. This is no joke. I guarantee you. He's sitting in that chair. Everybody's coming to congratulate him. He might, he might not know their name. When they're coming to congratulate him, he literally just got in the building. Think about moving everything that fast and all this thing came at him. It was an awesome story. And I, to me, that's the best story in the NFL right now. It is powerful and good for Dobbs, man. Good for him to pick that up. I'm guessing something else that resonated with you on Sunday was the Ravens rushing for 298 yards. As an offensive lineman, see you getting excited right now. Oh. 
I mean, tell us, I mean, how much of the credit is that line actually going to get even inside oh. the building? We know the, the backs get most of the credit. What's the, what's the line going to feel like? Oh, it, it, listen, we, we, we have always lived in that world where everybody else gets credit. It don't matter because in our room... We take the credit. We understand <laughs> what we did. We take the blame, even when we deserve it, but we taking some credit too. You know what I mean, Mike? Like, like we're going to take that credit. These guys played lights out. And they had, listen, this ain't just last week. They are getting more dominant up front each and every week. And you are seeing the Ravens. I mean, they are physically manhandling people. And this isn't just the Lamar Jackson show. And, and listen, to his credit, the kid is phenomenal. But it ain't just him scoring. This is, they are physically dominating, giving the ball to running back, letting him throw from the pocket. He has time in the pocket. They are doing everything extremely well at an extreme high level in Baltimore. I love it. Th th listen, 300, I don't think I've ever gotten 300 yards in a game. That is that is special, and 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 they they deserve every bit of credit they're getting. We get a lot of blame. We taking some credit on this one too, Mike. That's what we do, baby. I love it. I will get you out of here on this, and it has to do with Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers threw the ball last night pregame, threw it fifty yards here and there. But how how mobile? Like he talks about coming back, but how mobile would he have to be for you as an offensive lineman to feel comfortable? with him out there to be able to protect him. Yeah, they, uh, he, he has to be very mobile. I mean, he, here's the thing. His arm strength is phenomenal. When I, I, the first time I was in Green Bay and he was warming up, he threw a ball by my head, and it just made a different noise. Like, and, I, and I've played with Hall of Famers, so you know, make no mistake, I've been around some dude. This dude spins it different. So, so the arm strength is going to be just fine. But the ability to protect yourself because at some point, they're going to bring more than you can block. That's just the reality of defense in the NFL right now. You go play, think about it, you go play the Chiefs with Spagnola. He's going to bring one more than you have. So at some point, you have to be able to protect yourself. Now, the thing about Aaron is he sees those things ahead of time, and his reaction can be better. But at some point, it is going to be, I have to run away from a guy who's really fast, really strong, and can be really big. All of those factors mean you better be suited up and prepared to take a beating on your body. It's not as bad as like Cam Akers when he came back at, at from his first Achilles as a running back, but you still have to be able to protect yourself to make sure that everything is status quo. It is not something that you want to go back there and be hobbled. He's way too good of a player to, to put a risk like that out. Jeff, thank Jeff, you so thank much you. as always. Appreciate thank it, you. man. Thanks a lot. Love seeing you thank guys. You. Let's take one last break. Still to come, James Harden makes his debut for the Clippers. Should the NCAA make an exception and approve bowl eligibility for unbeaten James Madison? People watching this show, they don't even know where James Madison We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Pardon the interruption is presented by Crown Royal. Live generously and life will treat you royally. Please drink responsibly. Happy time, people. Happy 34th birthday, Sonny Gray. In his second year as a starter for Minnesota, Gray pitched well enough to become one of the three finalists for the AL Cy Young. Had an 8-8 record in 32 starts with the American League's second-best ERA, 2.79. Gray started two games in the playoffs. In the wild card, he beat Toronto, going five innings, giving up no runs, but he got hammered by Houston in the divisional series, giving up eight hits and four earned in four innings. Gray came up with the A's, traded to the Yankees, traded to the Reds, traded to the Twins. Overall, Gray is 98-85 with a 3.47 ERA. He made the All-Star game once each with Oakland, Cincinnati, and Minnesota, and right now he's a free agent. Depending on the staff, he could be a third or fourth starter, third probably. Cubs have some money and need for a veteran starter. Let's go. Not so happy anniversary Mike Brown on this day 11 years ago. Brown coached his last game with the Lakers as they dropped to one and four. His next head coaching job was in Cleveland, where he started out as a head coach. But Brown lasted just one season in his return. Eventually, Brown signed on as an assistant to Steve Kerr in Golden State, and he was part of four Warriors title teams. Brown recently went to Sacramento, where last season he led the Kings to a 48-34 record in their first playoff appearance in 16 seasons, for which he was unanimously voted Coach of the Year. I certainly voted for him happily. He needs De'Aaron Fox back in that lineup, though, Tony, or it's going to be a struggle. Happy trails to the Clippers in James Harden's debut. Harden had 17 points and 6 assists in 31 minutes last night, but his team was beaten easily by the Knicks in Madison Square Garden on 11-97. Harden said playing with Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and Russell Westbrook offered, quote, unlimited possibilities, unquote. But last night, all four were in minus territory. Harden minus 18, Kawhi minus 12, George and Westbrook were minus 7. Clippers coach Tyron Lue took the long view, saying he liked how Harden orchestrated the offense, making the right play and the right pass, Lou said he'll have a better idea of how their star-laden thing will work after 10 more games. If these guys do what T. Lou wants them to do, the way he wants them to do it, the Clippers can be really, really, really good. If they don't, I'm blaming them, the players, not him. One omission, the Rams signed Carson Wentz. Mike, they needed a quarterback badly. Yeah. Let's go to the big finish. Let's do it. The Timberwolves. Handed the Celtics their first loss. Is that significant? Yeah, because Anthony Edwards with his 38 points was the best player on the floor. I'm just saying, 9-0 James Madison football has asked the NCAA again to grant it full bowl eligibility. You like that? They've done this before. The rule is you have to wait till your third year. Everybody knows the rule. They're not going to get it. Adam Silver says the NBA is looking at a USA versus the world all-star game format Next season, I believe you had that. Don't look at it. Just do it. I mean, the marketing people can give you this bogus in-season tournament. Just do U.S. versus international team. Everybody would love it. Anthony Davis struggled with left hip spasms during last night's loss to the Heat. Cause for concern. Supposed to be a minor injury. Don't worry, he'll get a major injury down oh, the road. Last one, that. the Oilers lost to the Canucks. 
They're now 2-8-1. What's up with that? Bad goaltending and Connor McDavid. Man, he's in a slump. Hadn't scored in the last six games. We're out of time. Trying to do better the next time. I'm Tony Kornheiser. And I'm Mike Wilbon. Same time tomorrow, knuckleheads. International versus U.S., Tony. All-Star Weekend. That's what it needs to be. And now, here's sports. Day.